You're listening to the midweek service from Harvest Bible Church. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Mark Butler. To learn more about us, please visit harvestbibleonline.org. Uh, Miss Pamela is out uh, with uh, the ladies in Tulsa there. They're doing Kindle the Flame, so uh, they'll be out there this, this next few days. And uh, I forgot to make mention to Ryan that Miss uh, Pamela is going to be gone, so or what was happening here. So we're just going to have a nice Bible study tonight, and uh, we'll just share the Word of God and let God be God. Amen? We're glad you're here. So we're just going to have a good time. Amen? You know, but I just, what I want to do is I want to pray first. I just want to allow God to be God, you know, and just and let Him be in on, on, on the, what He's doing. You know, I know that there's so many things going on, and of course, the weather's been really nice. It's a whole lot nicer now than it was uh, when we were gone, you guys were all nice and hot, and uh, now it's nice because we've had rain and been blessed, and praise God, it's going to rain more. It didn't rain, hasn't rained enough, that's for sure. But you know, we're getting ready to um, do a lot of things because we're getting ready to change our services to 10.30. We're getting ready to start School of the Bible with uh, what we're going to be sharing and talking about and uh, beginning with Genesis and just... Uh, Reestablishing some foundational truths. Uh, you know, I was talking with our staff uh, just this past, well, actually just yesterday, and uh, we were just making mention. And it's funny how people, you know, have a tendency to think that, well, just because, you know, this church believes this way or this church believes that way, you know, the key is, is what God's word says. It's what God's word says. It's what we have to get it back to. We have to get back to this is what the Bible says. Because you know what? Your opinion and my opinion doesn't count. And we need to get back to understanding the power and the authority and the integrity of God's word. Uh, you know, we're going to be watching a movie here at the end of this month on the 30th. Uh, or we want to invite everybody to come. It's going to be outdoors. So we're going to have a fun time. But it's a really unique movie because it's actually... Uh, shares from the 1800s and somebody gets transported to the year 2000, which shocks them. It does. There's a lot of fun. And they are so shocked by the way the church is. And it's actually, it's a, and it's actually done very well, but it's, it shocks them so badly about, about what has transpired. And the, the thing about it is, is um, it's the person who is writing a thesis and it's writing something that they want to make a doctrine out of but he's changing a few things. And the other person is like, you can't change that because that's going to affect, you know, way down the line. And so it'll be, it's a great thing. But what I want to share tonight, and just kind of share this, kind of lay some foundations for why we're changing, or why we're bringing this in, because we've got to get the foundation. We've got to know what we believe. We have to. And uh, we have to stand our ground. We've got to, re- you know, my whole things on Sunday, my whole series is going to be now for the, at least the next six weeks is about resist. And, and uh, Greg's made a couple of, of fun, fun slides. We're going we're gonna to decide on which one we're going to pick to kind of look at it. But it's all about resisting. We've got to understand that when, you know, the biggest thing that we've got to resist, number one, is we've got to resist compromise. We've got to resist giving into the world. We've got to resist throwing up our hands. You know, saying it's, it's, it's no use. 
Amen? We can't do that. We cannot do that. We cannot do it. We've got to say. So I want to, I want to pray. But also, before we even start tonight to pray, too, is uh, I want to pray for, for Annie Giao and Carol Carrion. Their, their oldest sister passed away. Ludi passed away today. And so they called and asked if we would pray and pray for them. And I, I prayed for them today and prayed with them. So we're going to pray for them. Amen? So let's do that. Heavenly Father, we, we thank you and praise you. We, we honor you. Thank you for the privilege of us coming together and being able to look into the holy written word of God. Hallelujah. That changes our lives. Thank you for these wonderful folks that are here and all those that are watching and those that will be watching. But, but Father, right now, before we go any further, I want to lift up Annie and I want to lift up Carol to you, who they're just fresh as they were a part of our church for many years, and uh, your hand upon it. And Father, because their sister Ludie has gone to heaven, Ludie is, uh, she's graduated. Hallelujah. She's rejoicing with Jesus, and we know that. But Father, it's, it's our loss and their loss. And so we ask the Holy Spirit to comfort them. We ask for strength to be uh, sent to them. Father, we, we just thank you for your mercy and your grace that will surround the family. Help them as they go through all the things that need to be done now and what's going to take place. Father, we, we thank you for the precious Holy Spirit who is our comforter. And he is our comfort and he will comfort us in all things. So, Lord, I thank you for that. I thank you. And now, Lord, for tonight, fathers, we just share from the word of God. Your word is so precious. It is so wonderful. As we look into the holy written word of God that brings life to us, your words are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. Father, thank you. We're going to get life and health right now. The word's going to have first course in our life. Hallelujah. It's going to have free course. It's going to continue just to do what only it can do. And thank you, Father, that the word of God, hallelujah, is quick and it's powerful. It's full of life. And Lord, I thank you for that. Thank you for the Holy Spirit who just brings illumination, who opens up our hearts and opens up our minds to receive the things of God. Lord, I honor you. And I just yield myself. And I ask you to, to anoint these lips of clay. Father, let me speak in such a way that you'll be the most seen and the most glorified. And I just yield to you. I just thank you, Father. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for the hunger that we have. Thank you for the hunger that we have to learn, to grow, and to receive. Oh, I just thank you for it now. And Father, it's in Jesus' wonderful name that we pray. Amen. And amen. And amen. Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles, go to Proverbs chapter 4. Uh, you know, my title tonight, I gave them notes. It, it said it's the power and the integrity of God's word, but really, I just would kind of shorten that down to uh, God's power forward. I mean, the word is so amazing that it's the thing that does and produces all the results. Did you know that? Do you know that all the pressure for your life is all on the word of God? That if you'll allow the word to be what it needs to be, it'll hold you up. It'll hold you steady. So what I want to do is I'm going to share something. I want to share how the word affects us tonight. And, and I want to get you to, to know, uh, uh, really, yeah, to know the truth and to know things that you can actually be bold in what you're saying and what you're standing on. How do you know that when, the Bible says that when Jesus spoke, he, he spoke as a man of authority? Isn't that what it says? It says, this guy, he spoke that like he had authority. And that Roman soldier says, never a man spake like this. And of course, when Jesus spoke, things happened. Amen? Right? I mean, praise God. And guess what? When you speak, things are supposed to happen. 
Amen. I mean, it's true. Here in Proverbs chapter 4, verse, uh, verse you know, 20, he said this. He said, my son, attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. You know, the very first verse, it says, let, you know, it says, my son, attend to my words, which means you got to give attention. The way, you know, that's why when scriptures are being said, when the word of God's being spoken, that changes your life. I mean, I love that. I love the word of God. I mean, if we don't get excited about the scriptures, about the word of God, then we stop the miracle working power of God in our lives. Amen. And, and sometimes we can read things. You know, I was, somebody was asking how our, our vacation was, and, and it's, it, was, you know, it was an interesting time. It really, really was. We spent, you know, of course, two, two days traveling. So 13 days we were in um, uh, Florida, and uh, the, the sad thing about it is, it is that it actually rained very, very hard. It rains torrentially in Florida, and when it does, you know, it rains really hard, so you really don't want to be out in it. But uh, it rained almost every day. We had one sunny day out of the 13 days that we were actually there. And, um, but, uh, but we made, you know, we just spent most of the time just studying, just doing the Word of God, doing the God. You know, I humorously tell people, you know, how many books I read. And I did. I read six books, read the whole New Testament, and then I read several things into the uh, uh, other books of the Old Testament, studying and doing, just, just having fun. Because... What happens is, is that I always like to just read the Bible and say, okay, Lord, I want to I take off my Word of Faith glasses. I want to take off my Pentecostal glasses. I want to take off my Baptist glasses. Because, see, I was raised Southern Baptist. Then I got filled with the Holy Ghost, got over among the Pentecostals, went to the Pentecostal churches, then got, got uh, with the Word of Faith and, and, you know, went to school and all the things there. But... Um, so I, it's many times we read everything with the glasses of the way we were taught, the way we were raised, and how many of you know that slants everything? <laughs> and then the wonderful thing about it is I had just had my iPad so I could actually read it not only in the King James, I'd read it in the New Living, then I'd read it in the Message, then I'd read it in the Amplified, you know, and then be able to, to, to just digest it and ask the Holy Spirit to unveil and reveal and show and just, just fall in love with Jesus all over again and fall in love with the Word again. And you got to make yourself do this. Sometimes it can be very difficult I mean, I had, you know, uh, one of the things that we're doing now that's been real beneficial is we're taking 30 minutes and reading one chapter for 30 minutes, which means you can read that chapter a lot in 30 minutes, you know, and you can get a lot out of it, you know, and, uh, but you don't get very far in the Bible when you're doing that, <laughs> but it benefits you. Why am I saying that? You've got to give attention to it. You got to give attention. Then it says you got to incline your ear unto, unto the saints. Or, do you know the greatest person to hear saying the word for you is you? You need to be your best preacher. You need to be your favorite preacher. Yeah, because the greatest benefit is when you say it. Then he says, "Let the, his word, God's word, don't depart from before your eyes." We got to lay our eyes on it. We've got to look at it and see it, see what God is saying. Then he told us to keep, you know, God's word in the midst of our heart. That means keep it down here. Why? Because that's where our life is going to come from. 
You remember what Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 says. It says, the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword, dividing asunder the soul and the spirit, the marrow and the bones, amen, and, you know, the, and, and the thought, and bear on the joints, the thoughts and the intents of the heart, amen. And the word of God is the only thing that can, can, can show something different between our spirit and our soul. It's the only thing that can hold us steady. And the word of God is the only thing that can save our soul. You know, your soul needs saving. Your mind needs washing. Your mind needs renewing. Amen? Hallelujah. You know, Psalms 138 verse 2 says, God has magnified his word above his name. I like what Job said. Job said this, I love your word more than my necessary food. (laughs) Amen? And this word, here's the thing about this word is miraculous. This word will produce everything that you need in your life. Amen? And God wants to perform it, but we have to believe it. You know, I was praying about a lot of things. I was praying about trying to make our services more spiritual. Praying about the moving of the Spirit of God. Because not just tongues and interpretation, but word of knowledge, word of wisdom, gifts of healings, working of miracles, gift of faith, you know, prophecies and things and stuff. And just, just praying and saying, God, I want to see this. And no, why, what's not happening? And then the Lord just began to, re, just to remind me. He said, you know, everything in my word wraps around one word is that without faith, it's impossible to please me. You know, you got to believe that God wants to use you, or you got to believe that God wants to have these things made manifest in your midst. Are we believing for that? Are we exercising faith for it? Do we believe when we lay hands on the sick that they will recover? Do we believe that when we give an altar call, people are going to get born again? Amen. Do we believe that? Why do we do it? Do we do it just because we're going to do things? Do we believe that when we gather together, God said there's a supply of the Spirit and God wants to touch lives and God wants to minister, God wants to bring a word in due season to each other. Amen? Y'all here? Y'all okay? Because my heart is that. My heart is, man, my heart is for us to be touched by the power and the presence of God. Hallelujah. But it all stems by the Word. It all stems from what the Word of God says. Amen? Because how many of you know that we, we get born again by the word of God? Paul said it's the foolishness of preaching, how it's the foolishness of words, foolishness of preaching, that we all got born again. In fact, he told us that we are recreated by the word of God. We become a new creature because he said that when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we're a new creature. Remember? 2 Corinthians 5, 17. You know, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Amen. And verse 18 says, and all things are of God. Verse 19 and 20 says, we are ambassadors for him. Amen? Verse 21 says, he who knew no sin was made sin for us so that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. What a place, what a privilege, what an honor. And we need to know that in order to resist the enemy and also in order how to have authority over the devil. See, when I talk about resist, we've got to do this in our own, our own spirits. We've got to do this in our own minds. How to, our, our battle is not against flesh and blood. Our battle's not against opposition out here. Our battle, hallelujah, is against the enemy. And, and we thank God that he, we have been born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible seed. Amen? 
And it's the word of God that lives and abides forever, is what the scripture says. You see, it's so important that when you lay that foundation so that we got the word on the subject, when God brings a scripture to you, you go, I got my answer. God brought my answer. God gave me his word. God showed me. Amen? In fact, go over to, to, to 1 Peter, if you would, with me. Hallelujah. 1 Peter or 2 Peter, I'm not sure which one. It's not in my notes, but that's okay. Hallelujah. Yeah. Actually, it's 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1. says this, according, in verse 3, it says, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Amen. Aren't you glad that we've been, the word gives us God's divine nature. Now, you know, when you say that and you say that out loud, people get real nervous. Because who do you think you are? We're the church. Hallelujah. We're, we're, we're the body of Christ. We are the children of God. Sons and daughters of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Sons and daughters of the Father. Amen. We've got to understand that, listen, we are the ones that are in authority in the earth. We have the power. It's funny, it's been taught for this for years and years and years, and the churches, you know, we've sit, talked about it, we've prayed about it, we've worshiped God about it, but see, now, here it is, there's this flat attack that's coming. Light and darkness, man, it, it is, their line's been drawn in the sand, and we have to stand, because they're not, they're not just living their life, they're trying to shove it over onto you. They're trying to say, no, 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 you have to do this. You have to be like us. You have to be this. I mean, that's what they're saying. They're not trying. I mean, we didn't pick this fight. We just happened to live in this time, in this era, and so that's okay. But we've got to stand up and say, no, 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 no. Here it is. And I love what I'm hearing, too, from many people are saying, you know, when wickedness gets so crazy, that's when God shows up. God will come down. I mean, you saw that about God, Sodom and Gomorrah and all that. God came down to see, is it as bad as I think it is? And it's getting pretty bad. But God's expecting the church. And he's going to come down with us through the church. Amen? And why is it so important to, get, to know that you have the nature and the, uh, and, and the power of God? Look what it says here in, in verse 4. He's given unto us these great, exceeding great and precious promises that by these, by these exceeding great and precious promises, by the word of God, we can be partakers of the divine nature. But look at the next phrase. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through us, we get to escape the corruption and the world can't handle it. Why aren't you being affected? Why are you being, why, why aren't you, why isn't things happening to you? Because we've got God. Because we've got his divine nature and we're not going to allow, we're not going to anything get in, in on the inside of us. Praise God. Hallelujah. We're going to thank God for God's amazing grace. Amen? I mean, thank God for John chapter 1 verse 12 which says this, but as many as received him or received Christ, to them he gave the right to become the children of God to those who believe in his name. Aren't you glad that we are children of the almighty God? See, my heart is, is that we understand that this is what we're going to do, and we're going to lift the word of God, and the word of God is our foundation, the word of God is truth, and we can trust this word. 
Just like we trusted John 3, 16, just like we trusted Romans 10, 9 and 10 that said, if we believe in our heart, we confess with our mouth, the Lord, you, we shall be saved. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. Amen. We believe that we received that. And man, what happened? Our lives were changed. You know, I love the old, the old hymn, you know, I know that Jesus lives. Why? Because he lives in me. Because he lives in me. He lives, he lives, he lives in me. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know, here's something else about the word of God that we need to really grab a hold of is that the word of God is God's contact with us and it's our contact with him. So if you want to get in contact with God, if you want God to talk to you, just sit down and read the Bible. That's God speaking to you. Let God open up the truths of the word of God. Let God open this up. Let God begin to unveil, hallelujah, what he wants to say. Because there's some signs that are supposed to follow us. Right? These signs will follow them that believe. What what are those signs? These signs will follow them that believe. In my name, they're going to cast out devils. In my name, they're going to speak with new tongues. In my name, that if they drink any deadly thing, it won't hurt them. In my name, they're going to take up serpents. In my name, they're going to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Isn't that the great commission? But when that word believe, there's a really interesting word when it says these signs shall follow them that believe. That word in the Greek means it'll follow those that have got their faith engaged into what is being said and, and, and believe, and they believe that what God said is true, and that's, they're going to receive that. They're going to believe they can cast out devils. They believe that they can speak with new tongues. They believe, hallelujah, that if they drink any dead, it's not going to hurt them. Not because they're going to go out and tempt the God. Hallelujah. They believe they have authority over the devil. That's why when it says you can take up serpents. And they believe that if they lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. They've got their faith engaged in that. And they're looking and they're seeing. And that's why we do it. Because we believe what the Bible says. Amen. I mean, one of my favorite, favorite, favorite verses is John 15, 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you will and it shall be done for you. The whole person in there is you. If you abide, if you have his word, if you abide, if we're born again, we get to abide. But if you have his word, we can ask and God will do. And we need to be ready to stand against We're going to have to take our faith and we're going to have to stand against some things coming up. But God also wants us to rise up. He wants us to rise up and stretch our faith out there. He wants us to start using our faith to take back some things. He also wants us to to, to exercise our faith to receive some things that he wants us to do. By the Spirit. What do I mean by that? What are we exercising our faith for right now? Are we believing? What are we doing? I mean, that's the one thing that the Lord began to challenge me on. Because he said, you know, you've been complacent. It's what he told me. I haven't compromised. I never compromise. But I've been complacent. Just enjoying. I've been enjoying. I've been enjoying some things. You know, just enjoying the blessings of God. You know, the pressure got off in some areas. When, you know, things get, pressure gets off, you even believe pressure's off, you know, our board knows what those things are. I mean, we're, we're a blessed church. We are, we're a blessed church. You know, we, God supernaturally did everything, and when he supernaturally did it and, and, and really, uh, you know, gave us this whole facility free, 
I mean, he did that because the school, you know, pays rent and he basically, he, and he did all this so fast and so crazy and we came up with, I mean, it was just all God. And I mean, it was like your head was spinning. And it, you know, but you know, when, when you see things and God, and God's continued, he's continually because he's got some things that we have to do. And he began to rebuke me and he began to tell me, he said, listen, I didn't do all that for you just to sit down and enjoy it. I said, well, gosh, come on. (laughs) You know, of course, we have, you know, our roof to fix. We've got things to fix over at the school. We got, I mean, we we own property now, so we have all kinds of things we need to do. Plus, we're trying to do other things. So, you know, not that we don't, I mean, you know, we we need tons and tons of things. but, But he just was beginning to tell me, he said, listen. He said, you still have to reach out and reach out and take hold by faith things that you want. Reach out. Let's do some things here. Let's, let's keep moving forward. Let's not sit back. Let's keep taking land. Let's keep possessing. Let's keep reaching forth and uh, receiving. Let's keep believing for souls. Let's keep believing for his plan, his purpose. And let's things that, you know, because one thing I, I started praying, I said, okay, Lord, I do want to, I see these, you know, you know, because he said, yeah, but I want to make myself more real to you and more real in your services and more real to people around, because we want to take ground and be able to stand ground. Amen? Because I don't want to see anybody fall by the wayside. See, the word of God renews our mind, you know? Romans 12, you know, 2 says, you know, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you can prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Amen? We have to do that. We have to take hold of the word of God because it's what holds us steady. Amen? It is. It is. And that's why when you speak the word, and that's what we need to use against the enemy. See, when people are trying to get you to, to, to look at things logically or they're trying to get you to, well, look at, look at this and they're looking at this and looking at that, you know, because of what we've been taught and all the stuff, you know, uh, uh, about creation or about all this stuff around us because we have such knowledge. How many know we have so much knowledge? Wow. I mean, we got Google. We got all this stuff. We got everything. We can, you know, we have knowledge at our fingertips. We can look at things and see things and we don't, you know, uh, most, you know, all of us used to have to remember, remember telephone numbers. Most of us, we don't even know our own number. We just have a name. We don't have a number. Amen. Like, like I've called a lot of you, and I, I call, I mean, I call a lot of people a lot of times, but I don't know your number. I don't know your number. It's so funny. I mean, I, mean, I, I work out with Brian and, and Greg and Ryan. We work out all the week, and, and I, I get a text, and it has all their names. Doesn't have their numbers? Now, if I don't know them, somebody's number comes up. If I get a text from somebody, it's a number. It's their telephone number. But these guys have been, we've been fellowshipping for years, but I don't know his number. I have no idea. And he's had the same number for years. And he calls me all the time. But we used to before you had to remember things. Now we don't have to remember anything because we've got, you know, we got everything around here. Amen? We just got it going on. Do I have to remember that? I, you know, hey, we'll just look it up. Press the button. <laughs> but God wants to put us in remembrance of his word. 
Amen. We need to understand the foundation of it. You know, Greg shared with me something that he saw, and it really just it penetrated my heart today or yesterday when we were talking about it. He said there was a church, and it, it, it made a comment, and it was on, I think, Facebook or on some things. And what happened was is they, a lady in the church had a son that said that, that he was bisexual. He, that's what he thinks he is. And, all that kind of, and so the lady said, well, you know, our church doesn't believe in that, so, so, so I guess we should go change and find a different church that does believe in that. And told it to the pastor and, uh, of course, reamed the pastor out and said, you know, we've got to go to another church because you're not tolerable. Or you're not tolerant. What a joke. The Bible says that what is wrong with that and what doesn't work. The Bible teaches the truth of the word. It has nothing to do. If you're not going to go with the word of God, you can find any kind of place. doesn't mean it's a church, but you can find any kind of place to agree with you but doesn't bring life, doesn't change you, doesn't help you stand strong. It doesn't bring eternal life to you at all. The Bible says that God's not the author of confusion. See, because what is the word supposed to do? The word is supposed to conform me and you to the image of Christ. What does he look like? We're supposed to be conformed into his image and his likeness. Hallelujah. And what he's saying, Amen. It always amazes me about people. They're like, well, I, I, and you can. You know, in our wonderful nation, you, you, got a, you got all kinds of options. And that's fine if you want to do that. The problem is, is that those that want to be in that sin or want to do things, they can't stand it that you're not because that's the spirit that's behind that. You have to stand the devil. The devil just can't handle it. He cannot stand that you know, he was kicked out of heaven. He cannot stand that he was defeated by the Lord Jesus Christ, and yet he's still trying to overthrow. He's still trying to build his kingdom. He's still trying. He's going to come back and have the Antichrist, the beast, all these things there, and he still thinks he's going to win. What a joke. But he's going to try. He's going to try to do what? Deceive. Amen? And you know why he can deceive the very elect? The Bible says at the end of the age there's going to be the very elect's going to get deceived if they don't stand on the word of God. It's because we've got to stay built up on the word of God. The word of God's got to be the final authority in your life. It's got to be what we guide by, what we do. What does the scripture say according to this? See, our faith comes by the word. What does Romans 10, 17 says? So now faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. We got to take hold. It's so vitally important. It's so vital because our faith needs to be developed so that we can know what we believe. You know, it's like somebody asking a question. Well, where did the human race come from? For me, it came from Adam and Eve. And then when they messed up and everything else, then you know there was so much sin. It came from Noah and his whole family. There was eight souls that were saved came from all of them. Well, I can't under... Listen, see, the problem is is that you want to figure everything out in your brain. But I want to believe the Bible. And it brings peace for me to bring, believe the Bible. Yeah, but we've got scientific evidence. I know, that's your problem. We have natural things. And, and that doesn't bother me at all. It doesn't bother me at all. I just thank God for the word of God. I just say this is what I believe. I choose to believe this. It brings peace. 
And it doesn't bother me if anybody believes any way they want to believe. I just tell you the truth and let you do your own believing, let you do your own thinking. I'm going to tell you what I know and let you do your own thinking about it. It's up to you to discern, you know, because people, I've had people come up to me, you know, that, like I shared with you, you know, when I first started, I mean, I had groups and things. Well, I just don't believe a word you said. I said, that's your problem, not mine. I, I believe it and it works. I'm having fun with it. I'm letting God be God with it. Hallelujah. I'm being built up on the word of God. I'm being healed by the word of God. I'm being conformed into the image and the likeness of the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise God. I'm going from glory to glory, from strength to strength, and from faith to faith. And I'm having a great time doing it and having fun. And usually by that time, they just say, you're just crazy. You're just, you're just you know. <laughs> and I say, yep, but my faith is working. My faith is working. Amen? Why is it so important? And you know why it's hard? Because when you give people the word of God, it, it's a choice. God said, this is sin. God said, this is what we need to do. God said, this is where we're at. And you have a choice to believe it or not believe it. Amen? We have to do We have to take hold of the word of God, you know, because it brings life to us. Hallelujah. Hopefully not giving to... But here's one of the biggest ones. I wanted to get to here really quickly. And uh, so I rushed through some things here. And, uh, but the number one thing that does for Christians and what we need to do is why do we need to continue reading the word of God? You know, I've been preaching for 43 years, preaching at least two times a week. Most of my ministerial life, I preach three to five times a week. During many of those times, I did schools of ministry, so I was preaching hours and hours during the week, traveling. So I've preached a lot of messages, read my Bible through and through and over and over and love, love, just enjoying every bit of it. You know, and you can get to a place where you think, well, why do you keep putting the word in you? Because here's the number one reason, and this is something for all of us. This is what we have to do. The word of God is what makes you fruitful. So you got to ask yourself, what kind of fruit am I bearing? If I'm not being fruitful, it's because the word is not being sown in me. Y'all still love me? Y'all okay? So you can tell somebody says, well, and, and you can see this in people's lives. Even though they were very fruitful in a season, they were very fruitful. The word of God was so good because they were putting it in. They were giving it out. They were doing things. They were, they were doing stuff. They were, and it was a flow. There was great things. And they were being very fruitful. And then they got a little tired. Or then they had a spiritual blow that caused them to back up. And then they weren't so sure about the word because something they believed didn't come to pass. Their faith was rocked. Their doctrine didn't go out the way they thought it should have been. Been there, done that multitudes of times, okay? But the word of God is what makes us fruitful. So I had to always go back to the word. I had to always go back to the word. Amen? Remember what Peter said? You're there in, in 2 Peter. Go back to 1 Peter chapter 2. Y'all doing okay? Everybody good? I'm not teaching too long. I'm, I, I'm, I got my eyes set up there. How I, I know how long I prayed and know when it started. We're all good. Hallelujah. Look at 1 Peter chapter uh, 2, verse 1. Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and all hypocrisy and envies and every evil speakings. I used to think that was all 
toward people. And it is from one sense, but the Lord began to share with Mari. He said, you know, you're doing all that to me when you think I'm the one that didn't do what you said should have been done. When you think I'm the one that didn't make your faith work. Then you think I'm the one that, uh, uh, you, know, you know, should have done this or should have done that. And you're frustrated. He said, but what does the next verse say? He says, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. If so be that you've tasted that the Lord is gracious. And I remember when he talked to me about that and he began to share with me, because you guys all know my story and all the things, that, and that was the biggest thing I ever had to face in my entire Christian walk, life, everything. I, I won't, it doesn't matter anything else. That's why it's so much fun to be alive right now because uh, I got hit with the worst thing and the worst thing ever and he, the, the Satan got, gave me his best, biggest and best shot and he lost. He lost. He lost big time. Hallelujah. And uh, uh, I am just so full and so ready and so going and doing. And, and we're seeing the results. We're seeing the blessing. We're seeing what God is doing. And he's going to continue to do it. Amen. Because there's nothing. There is nothing else. Nothing else he can do. He said, well, what about this? No, nothing else he can do. So, well, what if he did the same thing again? Doesn't matter. He can't do anything else that's greater than he already did. It doesn't mean we're not going to come out of it. Hallelujah. We're going to take authority of the word of God. Amen. We're going to do what God says. All he did was, he made me mad. And all he did was say, okay, here we go. Let's go. So from now on, we're going to deal with this. It's going to be good. Amen. Why is it so important to be fruitful? Do you know why there's so many frustrated Christians in the world today? It's because they go to church, they sing great songs, and uh, it's really cool, it's really nice, but they don't have any life. There's no fruit on the trees. Nobody can come and pick fruit, nobody don't have fruit, because the Bible says the farmer's supposed to be first partaker, and they can't pick the fruit for themselves. They're walking around defeated. They're walking around in compromise. They're walking around in complacency. They're walking around sick, defeated, and, and all this stuff is going on. They're walking around worried. They're walking around in fear. We see that all the time. We see that with people we talk to all the time. It's like, oh my gosh, what are we going to, how do we handle this? How do we deal with this? Amen. We see that all the time. But see, it's the word. It's the word. And, and, and here's what happens, folks. When you start doing the word, people are going to say, well, you don't have any compassion. No, I don't have sympathy, but I do have compassion. Because compassion says, let me give you the word. Let's work with it. Let's do it. I like it under a story I heard, you know, and I heard this from, from, from Brother Hagin in a book, you know, that... Uh, uh, that we've been reading through and stuff. And, and, and anyways, he gave this example. There was a lady who was married to a minister who was you know, in, really big and high up in, in a denomination, and the minister died suddenly. And so uh, you know, everybody, you know, it was a, it was a tragedy thing, but every, he'd, he'd lived his life long, and he, he was older, but he went up to heaven and everything else. But every minister that was coming to her was saying, what are we going to do now? Oh my gosh, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? And just, just really wiping her out. And, you know, so she called Brother Hagin and said, could you, you know, come? And he came and he, you know, he could just see she was just a mess. So he just took her. He said, sister, come on, let's go in this room. And he began to sit her down and he began to give her the word. He said, now time out. Where did your 
husband go? Well, he's in heaven. Okay, well, let me just share with you here. The Bible says to die is to gain. Now, I know you're crying because it's your loss, but you're all saying, what are we going to do? He's not Jesus. Jesus is still here. Amen? And, and here's what we're going to do. And here's again, let's rejoice. Let's do what the Word of God says. Let's allow it. Yeah, we understand there's pain. We understand there's sorrow. We understand these things. Here. But let's look at it from the Word of God. And he'd get her all fired up and she'd be all blessed, you know. And, you know, then these preachers would come back and wipe her out again. And she'd call them up and say, talk to me again. You're the only one who puts anything in me. Everybody else takes something out of me. And they just kept coming. And finally, she said, she said, Brother Hagin, where are you at? He said, well, I'm preaching down here. So she went down there with him. And then she said, Brother Hagin, can I just come home with you? He said, yeah, just come on home with us. So she came and lived with him for about two or three weeks so they could just get her built up. And then while, while it was, she, they were there with her, with them, that some other ministers showed up and they just crying and the ball. And, so, and finally, she said, you know what? I ain't going to call. I ain't going to let anybody know where I'm at. He said, every time I talk to somebody else, they, they just pull me down. He said, you always lift me up. You always give me the word. You always let me know that there's life after death. How many you know there is life? How many you know that when people die, heaven, you don't ever feel sorry for a Christian that dies, ever, ever. Hallelujah. We feel sorry for ourselves. I felt sorry for myself a lot. And then I slapped myself and said, okay, get, quit. But you know, the, the thing about it, when you look in the word of God, is that you've got to let the word of God be the final authority, and you've got to let the word of God make you fruitful. And if you don't have the fruit that you want, then you've got to get more of the word of God. I never forget, I heard this story too, it came in, and this young minister came in, and he was talking to an older minister, and he was complaining about all the things that go on in church and what people do, and uh, God bless him, and uh, he's, because he was just complaining why people aren't, weren't wasn't listening, they weren't listening to God, so all of his problems were because people weren't listening to God. And the minister on the other side of the desk, you know, just said, well, you only get out of life what you believe God for, nothing less, nothing more. And the guy just kept going on, yeah, but da 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 and, then he, and the old minister said, you only get out of life what you believe God for. Nothing less, nothing more. He says, it ain't the people's problems. You only get out of life what you believe God for. Nothing less, nothing more. <laughs> and he just kept saying that. And I just thought, I got it. I got it. You only get out of life what you believe God for. I'm going to start believing God for some things. I'm going to start being fruitful. I'm going to be like Psalm said. Remember Psalms chapter 1? You're going to be like that tree that's planted by the waters. Hallelujah. Glory to God. It says, blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of the sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. How many you know sometimes you've got to think yourself happy? That's what Paul said when he stood before King Agrippa. He said, I think myself a happy man. That's what he said. And you kind of look at that and go, okay, King Agrippa can kill you. He can either put you in prison. He can set you free. And you're standing and Paul's saying, man, I think myself happy. I'm just glad I get to share the gospel to you. And then he began to share his heavenly vision. He began to share about the road to Damascus. He began to share what happened. And, he began, and remember what King Agrippa said, almost, Paul, you almost persuade me to be one of you. He said, man, I wish I could persuade you and everybody in the room and everybody around. Amen? 
See, we've got to get a hold of this because God's promised. This word can never fail. God promised it. He said, by my oath and by my promise, by my word and by my promise, this word, hallelujah, it will come to pass. And how many of you know this word hasn't, it's, 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 it's still here. We're still here. We're still the body of Christ, amen? You know, there's a lot of things being said, a lot of things going over the airways, a lot of things that are going on around, and I'm not sure about a lot of things. One thing I do know is the word of God stands sure. I do know about the authority. And so when I submit myself to the word of God, I submit myself to God. And see, you know, in James chapter 4, when it talks about, you know, hey, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Amen? Resist, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. And he will. And we got to stand, but we've got to resist. We've got to be able to stand strong. And we got to know, how do we resist? With the word of God. How did Jesus defeat the devil? It is written. Amen? It is written. Hallelujah. Praise God. So we got to stand. That's what the word of God does. It does all those things for us. So that's why when I, you look at this and you see, wow, because it just brings life to you. And his word's going to go strong and it's going to go forth and we're going to finish strong. Did you know that? You know, the Harvest Bible Church is going to finish strong. We're going to finish. We are going to finish. We are going to reach our goals. We are going to reach out and do the things that God's called us to do. We are, going to, we are going to do everything and we are going to finish. I am bound and determined to do that. Amen. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just honor you this, this evening. We thank you for the word of God that has free course in our lives. Lord, I, I thank you for each and every one that's here and each and every one that's watching. My heart is, is that they would know that the answer is in the word of God. The answer, hallelujah, is when God speaks his word, you take hold of that word, you put it into your mouth and you begin to say it. Hallelujah, you begin to speak it out and it begins to change circumstances. It changes your life, changes perspective. Hallelujah, and you begin to receive. We begin to receive all all that you have for us. Thank you, Father. We're going to extend our faith. We are going to reach forth and bring things to pass. We're going to exercise our faith, Father. Hallelujah. We're exercising our faith in the natural for a new facility at the end of our building down here. We're exercising our faith for our new roof up on top. We're exercising our faith, Father. Hallelujah. Yes, in those areas of finance, but we're exercising our faith for people because we need more room to have more people. Yes, tonight looks like we can house a lot more on a Wednesday night. How do we want to get people that are hungry for the word of God? That's smart, that they hunger, that they can't. Man, I'm going to go hear the word. I need to get fed. I need to feed my faith. I need to have faith food. Hallelujah. I need to eat. I need to get nourishment. Hallelujah. Lord, thank you for that. Father, it's all about so that we can win the lost, so that we can see people be born again. And now, Lord, if there's anyone that's watching this program, hallelujah, because I know, I know everybody here, but if, even if there is anybody here that doesn't really know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, sometimes we have a tendency to think that everybody's saved, so we don't have an altar call. But no, Lord, my heart is, is that I, I know that, Father, each and every person, they have to know and have a no-so salvation. So if there is anyone here or anyone watching that doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, 
that they would come to him and understand that love and that grace. How did he get the forgiveness that they need for their lives? Father, you said that if we would believe in our heart and confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus, we would be saved. It changes us. Oh, I thank you for it now. And it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen and amen. You know, it's funny. We're going to receive our, our offering, but I want to. I was watching when, uh, well, Sam was preaching, and the other Sam got up and did the uh, the altar call. But he was talking about I always want to give an altar call because I gave an altar call, and a person who had been in church teaching Sunday school got saved. You know, you said that. Well, you know, my my famous story that I have is I had a gentleman in my church for years, and I. And he ended up being on my board. He ended up being our finance guy. He was the guy doing my, all of my books. He was our treasurer for our church. And he was the nicest guy. And his wife was the nicest. They had six kids. They were this, I mean, he was, I mean, precious and wonderful. And I'm giving an altar call and I'm preaching, you know, and, cause I, and I said, listen, it's not about, you know, how you are. I said, you, you, you have got to confess before men. You've got to have confessed to your, Jesus Christ as your, before men. You've got to do this. And so I'm out there saying, hey, who wants to do that? You know, and I'm just really going at it. He gets up and walks down the aisle. You could have heard a pin drop in my church. I know my mouth was this. I was like, he don't understand what I'm saying. And he walks down. And I said, his name was TJ. He's in heaven now. And he's a principal of a school. Principal. I mean, he's a you know, principal. And, uh, and his wife was a physical therapist. Anyways, I said, TJ. And he, just, he, said, he said, well, pastor, he said, you said... You're not saved if you've never confessed Jesus before men. You said you've never, because he, he goes, well, I was raised, you know, by his mama, raised in church, raised everything. And so I, I, I've been in church all my life, but I've never confessed Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And he did that day. He got born again that day. And here was the key. I thought, how, how's this going to affect him? I mean, how can he get any nicer? He's the nicest sinner I have ever met. Seriously, I mean, you know, when, now that I know, no, he was the nicest, 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 you know. But I can tell you, he was even better. He was even more, but he was actually so much more on fire for God. God did supernatural. But I tell you, I, I'm thinking this guy's been my treasurer for five years and he's not even been saved. So, you know, so, so, you know, you, you just, I mean, hey, people, you just think, well, they got to be. No, they don't got to be. And they're not. And that's the key. Say, well, you mean I'm not? No. Because, see, even if you believe in your heart about the Lord Jesus Christ, if you never confess him as, with your mouth out, out, out loud, you're not born again. Because the Bible says with the heart, man, believes under righteousness, but it's with your mouth that you get salvation. You've got to say it. You've got to declare it. You've got to say things. Amen? And so I, I loved your story. I loved it because that was a blessing. Hey, we are going to uh, take up this evening's tithes and offering. I've got to get my phone so I can give my offering. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. And uh, you can, if you want to give, there's envelopes there if you need to get there. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Boom. Praise the Lord. We love that.
Did you ever have one of those days that just is uh, difficult? Today, I, I, I had this great idea. You know, I had to take Pastor Pamela to, to the airport, so I took her this, this morning, and then I had a bunch of different things I did, and so it was really good. I had to make uh, 11, you know, 35-page booklets for her this today, so I'd made those, and uh, then some other things were going on, and then I had this great idea that I would go purchase... I'm building a deck, and so I purchased uh, 32 16-foot-long, 6-inch-wide uh, deck boards, and then I also purchased 29 uh, 12-foot-long deck boards, and I put them on top of my work truck, strapped them all down with four straps, and headed to go home, which is up in Wallace, which is 30 miles away. So I thought, I'm going to take the back roads. I don't want to go down 88, crazy, people are crazy, so I'll just sneak around all these different ways. I lost those boards four times between here and there. They kept shooting out 60 feet in front of me every time I stopped, blocking traffic in the middle of uh, interse- every intersection I came to, uh, Harney Lame and Clements uh, and uh, uh, several other major places, and I had to get out four times and reload those suckers, so, you know, 60 times, and uh, I said, Lord... I repent. I don't know what I did wrong, but I repent. Obviously, I, I, I haven't learned how to tie anything down. I haven't learned how to ratchet. I haven't learned how to do anything. I don't know what in the world I'm doing. You know, finally got them there. Finally got them there. And, uh, but here's, here's, here's the other thing, too, though, is right in the middle of this, uh, we are getting gates out here, so we have to have a, a, a Knox lock. You know, which, you know, you know, to lock on there plus our lock because the fire department has to have a lock to be able to get in there anytime. So I got a Knox padlock. Well, we had to go online to, to purchase it. So I had to go on there to do a whole bunch of stuff because it's, it's with, you know, and then they have to, they have to actually okay it. You have to purchase it, get it on there and say you're going to buy it. Then they have to, it's just got to get approved. But there was such a, it was so difficult to do. It took me like two hours to finally get through all of their stuff to say, hey, you could do this. And they said, yeah, it's good. We sent it. And so I texted the fire chief and said, hey, it's going to come. He goes, yeah, when I get it, I'll just, I'll just hit approve. I get a call from in the midst of all this stuff flying off of the truck. He says, I got some bad news. I said, what? He goes, I hit the wrong button. I said, you did what? He said, I denied you. I said, no. He said, and I can't change it. You got to do everything all over again. So I get to do that tomorrow. So it was, um, then my wife's credit card didn't work, which is the church's credit card. For some reason, they didn't want to do it because she's out there and supposed to churches because she's out there with the ladies. It's a church event. So now she's putting everything on my card. So I have to pay for everything. But my card always works. So it was just, and she's frantically calling me. And she called me like six times, but I was out in the middle of the road picking up things. So when I get back in there, I got this 911 call. And so I finally get a hold of her. And she's like, where were you? So she's yelling at me. And no, she was really sweet. And I, I, was, I, I yelled back. And we, I said, and then I had to repent. So I was like, what a day, Lord. I got to preach tonight. I know I already got my mess. I know it's a good message, but glory to God. I, I need a word. I need, I need a word from you. Thank God he gave me one. He gave me good ones. But you know, you have those days where you go, I knew I should have just stayed and prayed. But I tried to get a bunch of stuff done. Hallelujah. Wait a minute. We didn't even pray over the offering or take it. Let's do that. Father, we just thank you and praise you that we can sow seeds into the kingdom of God. Thank you for all that are watching that are sowing. Lord, we just thank you that you're meeting and supplying all of our needs. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Go ahead, ushers there. Hallelujah. Let's 
receive this offering. He, and one other thing that happened just recently, if many of you, some of you may know, if any of you know Alan uh, Zecker, Alan and Melanie used to come here. Uh, Alan had a massive heart attack and died. Uh, well, they moved to Tennessee. They just moved to Tennessee. Their house was not ready. They were in, in, a, in a hotel room and uh, he ended up having a heart attack and passing away. So I texted her and I've been talking to her, so praying with her. And uh, so anyways, um, it's, a, it's a really sad situation. So just keep Melanie uh, Zecker up in the, you know, just keep her in prayer, okay? Because that's, it's, they moved back there to be by their daughter because she moved there for a ministry thing. So, um, so amen. Hallelujah. God is, God is good. Hallelujah. Well, let's all stand up. Let's go in. We're, we're ready to go. You guys are blessed. I love you. God loves you. Hallelujah. Let's go.